0: Hey everyone and welcome to Developer Tea. My name is Jonathan Contrell. I'm your host. And today I am finishing my interview with Ernie Miller. Ernie is a programmer. Uh, He is also a speaker. He is a a director of engineering at Invisium. And uh, Ernie spoke at Ancient City Ruby. I was lucky enough to be there uh, at that conference. And so I sat down and spoke with Ernie for a little while. Make sure you check out the first part of the interview uh, the second part, we kind of jump in right in the middle of a conversation about uh, Ruby and about how Ruby was engineered uh, specifically to increase the happiness of the developers who are using the language. Really interesting conversation. Uh, make sure you check out the first part if you missed it. Also, make sure you follow Ernie at, at Ernie Miller. If you have not subscribed to Developer T, while you're listening to this episode, just open up whatever app it is that you listen to podcasts in and press subscribe, and that will uh, immediately send you notifications whenever new episodes of the show come out, and you won't have to remember to go to developertea.com. Speaking of developertea.com, all of the show notes for this episode and every other episode can be found on developertea.com, and there's a contact form on there as well. Okay, let's get started with the second part of the interview with Ernie Miller. And and even sometimes, uh, at the detriment of performance, right? So, oh, yeah. and we've we the Ruby community is very transparent about that. That Ruby's not the fastest language mm-hmm. necessarily, right? And it depends on what you consider fast, right? Sure. But it's not the fastest language. It may be one of the faster to develop with, mm-hmm. um, but but it's not the fastest in terms of execution time, like objectively. Right. Uh, but we've made that trade. It's a value trade. Um, for people who develop in ruby it 's we enjoy the language enough to to write in Ruby. and it 's making great strides and, sure. and it will need to continue that direction but
1: moore 's law is on our side
0: right you know? yeah yeah eventually it 's not going to matter really, yeah. uh, similar to like memory doesn 't matter as much anymore sure. um, as it used to, and so you 'll see a lot of professors even saying, "Well, the heap is big enough, you can just push stuff into the heap sure. and like that's big enough is not a scientific way of describing it but at some point it doesn't matter anymore right
1: all of software engineering and really all of life but let's just try to let's rein it in here little, to yeah <laughs> is about trade offs right it's yeah. op- it's looking at opportunity cost you know mm-hmm. if i do this what am i giving up and am i willing to give that up mhm and uh, for Rubius, um, we're willing to give up a whole lot in order to have a language that we find works the way we think mm-hmm. and uh, doesn't artificially get in the way of us mm-hmm. and uh, doesn't make us jump through a lot of hoops to make something useful and fun sure um, that's that's a trade off that we 've considered, mm-hmm. and we've elected to make, and you know I personally couldn't be happier with it. Um, but uh, it may not be the right call in all situations. Mm-hmm. There are there are concessions you need to make to reality sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, if there mm-hmm. is a really performance hungry piece, well, that's why we have C extensions, for instance, in sure. MRI, right? So, in mm-hmm. uh, the the canonical Ruby interpreter, for those that aren't Rubyists, MRI uh, or Matz's Ruby interpreter. Um, is is the thing right and it was written in c and you can write c extensions to it so you can drop to a little bit of a lower level Mm -hmm. uh, when you need to in order to get that performance
0: yeah yeah it's interesting so uh it's interesting because um i i don't think that you can't be a happy developer and like you don't have to you don't have to code in Ruby to be a happy developer. Oh, sure you do. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm just kidding, um, no. I mean, there's plenty of people that I know, actually. We were, I was talking at lunch today with a couple of guys here, and they were saying that they really, enjoy, they really enjoyed uh,
1: Objective-C. Mm-hmm. Like it made sense. The Actually, I enjoyed Objective C as well. I think I'm weird. Like people squint at me when I say it <laughs> that. but it's very, very similar to Ruby in a lot of ways. Uh,
0: message sending and that.
1: All about yeah, it's yeah. all about. And they both have small talk heritage, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. object oriented development core to both of them. Um, yep. Just because the syntax is a little wonky or different, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't necessarily mean that they aren't very similar.
0: Sure. Yeah. So, which I think uh, a lot of people look at Ruby, and it's the syntax that a lot of people attach to it first. But sure. but there's more to it than that that makes it. Look good. I'll be right back with Ernie Miller right after this quick sponsor break. You've probably heard of QuickBooks, and you might even use QuickBooks every day in your small business. But did you know that QuickBooks has an API? Intuit has built the API with developers in mind, using standards like Open ID oauth and rest api calls and with millions of businesses already using quickbooks you've got a customer base that's ready to use your app and you can even publish your app on apps.com into its application marketplace built specifically for quickbooks users and here's the best part of the quickbooks api and apps.com it's all free Intuit doesn't take a royalty share from the applications that you publish. You can get up and running in just a few minutes using the Developer Sandbox and the API Explorer. Just go to developer.intuit.com today to get started. There will also be a link in the show notes to let Intuit know that you're a Developer T listener, which is a huge help to the show. Check it out in the show notes on developert.com. Thanks so much to QuickBooks for being a sponsor this week, and now let's get back to the episode with Ernie Miller. Let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, humane development. Great. So tell me, just give me the Twitter spiel about
1: what humane development is about. All right, so I already made my blatant plug for the, 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 core, the core premise, right? And without giving away uh, stuff that's in my humane development talk, which you can actually go see, I gave it at uh, Ruby on Ales uh, earlier this month, and that video is now on YouTube. Um, the short of it is this. I believe that... Um, we, as an organ, as our organizations evolve, we have uh, somewhat corrupted um, the initial intent of the Agile Manifesto. For instance, that is, we've diluted Agile to be almost meaningless at this point. And in fact, if you look at some of the uh, initial statements of the Agile Manifesto about, for instance, uh, valuing uh, individuals and interactions over processes and tools. Um, in fact, now we look at most people that do Agile are using some specific tooling Mm -hmm. to accomplish it. Uh, There's well-defined kind of set-in-stone sort of processes like Scrum that Mm -hmm. are are advocated and and followed to a T or uh, to some variation of a T. Actually, it's not always the case that we follow it the way that that it was originally defined, but that's really not the point. The point is... um, the core ideas uh, are no-brainers when you look at when you look at the Agile Manifesto. You're like, oh yeah, absolutely. It's about individuals, and it's about communication, and it's about it's about all these things that obviously uh, are involved in in software development and of paramount importance. But we have, uh, for better or worse, um, twisted. And I and I oftentimes kind of think like the business for you know <laughs> imagine air quotes right now for you listening at home uh, the business. Uh, has embraced and extinguished the idea of Agile in a sense, Mm -hmm. in the sense that, you know, back in... Back in the, the days when everybody was demonizing Microsoft, we used to always joke about how Microsoft would embrace and extinguish competitors. They would you know, say, we like this technology, and then they would uh, just subtly corrupt it in such a way that it was no longer compatible. And We used to say that stuff about how they did web development for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think people are talking that way anymore, but it was an, an old-school way of thinking, and I am an old man after all. So. <laughs> and so I think the business has... has uh, to some degree, embraced and extinguished. They like to say they're agile because agile has connotations with fast. People mm-hmm. like the idea of sounding like they're, they're able to move quickly. Right? Mm-hmm. It sounds great in, in theory, but what they're really doing, and um, I'm not going to be able to attribute it to the right person right now, so just some gentleman I talked to earlier uh, at lunch, in fact, said that uh, we do uh, Scrum Fall you know, mm-hmm. so it's sort of this weird combination of waterfall <laughs> planning yeah. and then supposedly Scrum execution, but it's not really anything that's like what Agile used to be. Uh-huh. And so I think really what it comes down to, and you know, and I struggle with the idea of presenting humane development as an alternative. Basically, what I say is this: there are four virtues. Hustle is not among them. I do not think hustle is a virtue. The idea of moving quickly is, in and of itself, not the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm the goal should be moving in the right direction the goal mm. should be moving in a sustainable pace so that you're not consistently burning yourself out or your people out um and so i i look at it as kind of four interconnected things right first first things first and the foundation would be that em- empathy is necessary mm-hmm. right and that follows off the idea that it's all about the humans that that's the core like the axiom right it's obvious and it's The whole point of an axiom is that it's so obvious you couldn't possibly refute it. We're humans working with humans to build software for the benefit of humans, okay? So you look at it as a human endeavor. You need empathy. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to empathize with the business, with your users, with whatever, and vice versa, right? The the humans involved need to empathize with one another so that they're more willing to communicate with Mm -hmm. one another in an open and honest way, honesty being the second thing that it's another pillar that you kind of have to build on. You sure. need to be honest up front. And that means acknowledging that in many cases, deadlines are lies. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Estimates are oftentimes lies. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, I think that we get away with all those lies because they sort of cancel each other out. If the deadline's not a real deadline and the estimate was wrong, well it doesn't matter. We just move the deadline because it wasn't really a deadline at all. Right. Uh, yeah. And so, so we look for honesty. And then once we've sort of displayed honesty to one another, well, trust develops. Right? And mm-hmm. so, and so, when you can trust the other people to be consistently upfront with you, if you can trust uh, that they are going to be empathizing with you and in your needs, and they're going to do the best they can to deliver what they can, well then, you unlock the the goal. Mm-hmm. The goal is autonomy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You want individuals to be empowered to act in the best interests of of the company and of themselves, and hopefully those aren't in in, in uh, conflict, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the goal is to kind of approach it as a more human endeavor and be a lot less focused on the processes and the tooling. Uh, in fact, uh, and nowhere, anywhere do we make a reference to tooling except to say that, that uh, tooling, you should be skeptical of tooling. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, tooling is sort of Setting in stone um, something that you know maybe is much more flexible as just kind of a here's the way we normally handle this and processes are really just shorthand communication that is they're not you don't need to have a process for everything in fact uh, I call it process metaprogramming where you sort of <laughs> you sort of really are better off giving underlying rationale sure. for for a process uh-huh. and letting people be able to derive that process on their own you give them the whys. Why is the absolute... And we talked about that today, actually, uh, Mm -hmm. as well, about the five whys. Oh, yeah. But -hmm. but asking why is such an important question to ask. And to really listen to the answer can tell you so much. It's what moves you from having a requirement Mm -hmm. to a rationale or a reason, a reason for this thing. And Mm -hmm. once you know the reason, well, then you might be able to find a better way to build Mm-hmm. And certainly a more sustainable way. If you know the end goal, or if you have an idea of what the goal is in mind, instead of just, we need to sprint to this next checkpoint because this is what they've moved off the backlog into the current sprint. Right. Well, that gives you context and you can you can plan a sustainable pace that you're going to be able to keep up and you're going to be able to make, actually make it to the finish. Because mm-hmm. if you can't sustain your pace, then it's less than worthless. You'll burn out. Right. You won't finish.
0: Yeah. So it's like re-injecting kind of the spirit of the original... Agile yeah. Manifesto, but in a in a more uh, so. Th- there's interesting things that have come out of Agile. Sure. Uh, who was it? Dave Thomas, I think, wrote wrote a, a post about how Agile's dead. Mm-hmm. Long live Agile, <laughs> or yeah. something like something that. Something like that. I think it, was, it came up around uh, the same
1: time as uh, David's, didn't mm-hmm. it? David, yeah, David. Yeah, yeah. long live testing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and so. Uh, basically, what he was saying was, Agile comes with baggage now, just mm-hmm. like TDD comes mm-hmm. with baggage now, um, and in that we now have have a reason to say, let's pull back a little bit mm. and like get away from this. Hype. Well, there's there's this culture around it now that sure. that doesn't really isn't proper, yeah, um, and
1: and doesn't do the original idea justice. It was sold into organizations in such a way, and that's where we were talking about the embracing and extinguishing sort of sort of mentality. Mm-hmm. By saying, for instance, we are now certifying Scrum Masters. Right. For instance, if you look at mm-hmm. something like that, you're now you're now saying, well. Um, that is part of your identity, Mr. Project Manager. You are now a Scrum Master. Well, On that in name card you were talking in traditional, about. Yeah, and in traditional Scrum, the, the idea was that the Scrum Master went away eventually yeah. and that the Scrum Master was a rotating role between developer team members, right? Mm-hmm. The idea of a certified Scrum Master was ludicrous. And, mm-hmm. and so in uh, Uncle Bob, uh, yep. so uh, Bob Martin had a, Robert, Robert C. Martin, Proper <laughs> uh, did a did a talk, and I believe there's a blog post as well. But the talk was really compelling, and I, I found it when I was researching for the Humane Development talk, uh, where he talked about the land that Scrum forgot, and uh, it basically goes into some of the origins of Agile, how mm-hmm. it how it came about, uh, and specifically the in whenever he talked about the Certified Scrum Master idea. Um, well, Bob thought it was stupid, and mm-hmm. all the developers he talked to thought it was stupid too because, like, obviously this is not a thing we should be... because start- it's not supposed to be a long-term role. It's supposed right. to be... The teams are supposed to be self-organizing. And mm-hmm. and, and so it's really funny to look at how um, that has morphed, in, and it's essentially just been another way for the same people that were in a position of power to kind of say, my team did this, mm-hmm. are now still in that same role they just have a different title it didn't it didn't it it went full circle Mm -hmm. and so yeah it's about i think with humane development it's about coming back to some of those same realizations i mean i i don't claim to be saying anything that's rocket science here it really is not i mean by giving it a name hopefully we can talk about it in a way that makes sense Mm -hmm. um but but i don't think that this is anything new and I, i just think that if you look at the creators of the agile manifesto um most, uh, certainly many of them, uh, were in consulting. And since most of them were in consulting, well, they certainly couldn't exactly write a manifesto that said, you all are doing things horribly, let us come fix you. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they would have a really hard time selling that. Sure. Uh, And so, so it's sort of, by continuing to say, there's value in these other things, but we value these things more, they allowed those other things to stick around mm-hmm. and eventually reassert their dominance in a kind of a subtle way. Right. Uh, at least, you know, this is you know the way that I look at it with my limited viewpoint. I really welcome discussion on this stuff. Uh, sure. Um, and and so I think that that's, that's really the frustrating thing is, uh, you know, how do you say something that still has meaning? Uh, and this is what I'm trying to do with Humane Developments. To have something that's meaningful, uh, maybe it's obvious as well, but uh it's meaningful enough to say without defining it so much that it allows the same kind of subversion again to get mm-hmm. to go back in and kind of twist it to your own means right like sure. and i think that by being openly essentially openly hostile to things like heavyweight processes and unnecessary tooling i don't leave a uh, a window open for some organization to come in and like co-opt this this term and and twist it into something that's Frankly, evil. Right. Like yeah, because
0: you're almost saying, uh, you're almost d- targeting them before they come. Trying right? to
1: like build that. antibodies into yeah. the into <laughs> yeah. the into the system to right. be resistant to uh, commercialization. Yeah, the, like it's an open source like, idea. Almost, I don't right? have to sell it to any. I don't care. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, this is something I'm ca- trying to work through for me and my company, yeah. and I don't necessarily have to sell it to anyone else. But the right. fact that it seems to be resonating with people is really encouraging mm-hmm. it makes me happy
0: yeah and the, in any commercialization of it would be just to propagate the, the same message right it's right. the only way that it's possible to commercialize it is yeah. to create training resources sure. of how not to do these things right and, uh yeah, I think it, I think it's great. So humanedevelopment.org
1: right? Yes, humane And if It'll you happen be in to show see notes. me at any any conferences, please approach me. I have stickers now.
0: I will be taking one of those stickers with me uh <laughs> home to Chattanooga. Uh this has been great. So uh people can follow you on Twitter at at Ernie Miller. Right? That's right. Ernie and Miller. uh I'll I'm gonna ask them all to tweet at you when the show goes live. Uh, and inundate Ernie with, with tweets. That's, this is a common, common thing I ask you guys to do. Okay, so uh, and the, the, another common thing that I ask my guests um, is if you had 30 seconds to spend with either an experienced developer um, or a beginner developer, both sides, mm-hmm. uh, and give them 30 seconds of advice based on your experience
1: and mm. uh, all of the things that you are learning now, and what would you say to them? I don't even need 30 seconds. Uh, Give me five seconds, and I would say, ask for help. Uh, You don't have to be perfect. Um, I think that's really the core of any advice that I've given to anybody I've ever mentored. It's like, you know, look, if you feel like you're buried, if you feel like maybe you're going down a rabbit hole, um, speak up. Mm -hmm. Ask. There are people who will help you. Mm -hmm. The Internet is full of them. Our company is full of them. I am one of them. You know, reach out and, and let's work together to solve a problem. You but don't have to know everything.
0: Those rabbit holes are well-traveled. There are people who have been there before. <laughs> well, this has been great. Thank you so much, Ernie, uh, for, for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Jonathan.
1: I appreciate it.
0: Uh, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Developer Tea, the interview with Ernie Miller. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Make sure you follow Ernie on Twitter at, at Ernie Miller. You can also follow me on Twitter at, at Developer T, or you can email me at developer t at gmail.com. If you'd like to support Developer Tea uh, with a monthly or a one-time donation, make sure you go to developertea.com slash donate. Now, I recently had a little bit of a setback with some audio gear, and uh, your donation is a huge help to replace that gear and uh, just to generally help me out in making this show happen four times a week. Thank you so much for listening to Developer T and until next time, enjoy your tea.